Sessions from the 2022 album Floating Ghost Hotel from the Columbia County-based Slink Moss Explosion. WGXC Acre 90.7 FM. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, oh, it's just real quiet. Oh, oh. oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. We are Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda, a twice a month show where we talk about movies. Um, we are every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. Sorry, we got caught a little bit off guard because our usual um, theme music, which is the famous THX production company sound, um, did not play <laughs> like <laughs> it normally does. Uh, so give us a second while we mess around with some knobs and such here. But uh, We are here coming to you live from the Hudson studio. Exactly. It's a somewhat chilly night. And um, so just so you know, Jenny and I um, pick a theme every episode and then we watch movies around that theme and then we get on the airwaves to talk about them together. Uh, And before we get into our themes for the night, as always, we're going to tell you a little bit about what's playing in the theaters in the area. And I will start by telling you what's playing in the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have the new <laughs> Willy Wonka movie, Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet as the titular Willy Wonka. <laughs> um, we also have Ridley Scott's Napoleon, and we have The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. You can find out more about showtimes at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. And now I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Crandall Theater over in Chatham. Uh, We have The Holdovers, Maestro, An American Tale, It's a Wonderful Life, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Migration, and that's it. (laughs) And if you would like to know more about these upcoming shows and when they're playing, uh, head on over to CrandallTheater.org. Gorgeous. So I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Madison Theater. That's the newly opened theater on Fairview Avenue. Uh, We have Divinity, The Marsh King's Daughter, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, The Marvels, Five Nights at Freddy's, and that's it. Find out more at hudson.themadisontheater.com. All right, and now we're going to head on over to the Upstate Cinemas, starting with the Star Cinema, which is the location in Rhinebeck. We have Maestro, The Boy and the Heron, Dream Scenario, Anatomy of a Fall, uh, Another Body, with editors Rabab Haj Yaya and Isabel Freeman, and Poor Things. And then heading on over to the Orpheum Theater, which is the location in Socrates, we have Eileen. Mama Africa, Miriam Makeba, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, Wonka, Dream Scenario, Anatomy of a Fall, and Napoleon. Uh, And if you would like to know about those showtimes and where you have to go to see them, head on over to upstatefilms.org. All right. I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Spotlight Theater in Hudson. That's the other theater on Fairview Avenue with eight screens. We have... The Boy and the Heron, the new Miyazaki movie, Godzilla Minus One, yes. Napoleon, Wish, the new Hunger Games movie, and Trolls Band Together. You can find out more at thespotlighttheaters.com and then select Hudson in the drop-down menu. 
All right. And last but not least, let me tell you about what's playing at uh, Time and Space TSL this week. We have uh, Smoke Sauna Sisterhood, Dream Scenario, uh, and Anatomy of a Fall. And if you'd like to know about when you can go see those flicks, uh, head on over to timeandspace.org. Amazing. Um, I love that. What is it? The Crandall that's playing Rare Exports? No, that's yeah. uh, Upstate. I forgot instantly. So I've never seen that movie, <laughs> but uh, it's a scary Christmas movie. Oh, oh, uh, it's Upstate. Yeah, I it's think not- it's Finnish, maybe. Um, I've always wanted to see Rare Exports. It's Santa's a bad guy in it. Whoa, cool. <laughs> All right. I know there's actually a lot of movies I would like to see in the theater right now. It's really exciting. Yeah, it's it a really is. exciting time. Yeah, the um, it is finished. The director is Jalmari Hillander. I'm not sure if I said that right, but he made a movie last year that I really wanted to see called Sisu, oh, which is yeah. supposed to be like a hyper gory Nazi revenge. Yeah, movie. I remember seeing the the trailer for that in the theater and going, "Oh, fun! Oh, oh, oh fun! Oh!" <laughs> um, all right, great. So tonight, Jenny and I did pick a theme for this show uh, a couple weeks ago. And if you've listened to this show before, you know that our themes are not your average themes like thriller or action. We usually try to pick something a little more specific and sometimes something uh, interpretable and a little strange. So the theme that we picked for this episode was inspired by our friend Alex, who was talking about her love for MacGyver. Mm -hmm. And she said, I love things about puzzles and problem solving. And we said, wow, puzzles and problem solving is a great theme. Excellent genre. In looking for movies to watch (laughs) under this theme... In the time that I had available to me, it became very clear that I have seen all the ones I would have picked. And (laughs) also, it was really hard to figure out what that theme meant. Yeah, (laughs) because it's like, okay, so my first instinct was to go, okay, movies where somebody is, like, trapped in some kind of puzzle and they have to figure out, like, you know, interesting solutions, like lateral thinking. Yeah. Um, like one of our favorite movies, Cube. Cube. Um, like the, I feel like the top hits are like Cube, the Escape Room franchise. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, honestly, like Saw also, even though it's like a little bit less problem solving yeah. <laughs> or just torture. And then I could just, then I just kept thinking of like a lot of the movies that, um, a lot of the movies that came up for me were movies that maybe just had a scene of problem solving yeah. in them. Another great one for it is like Da Vinci Code. Yeah, that's what, uh, perfect. People kept suggesting Da Vinci Code and National Treasure to me. And I was like, excellent choices. I have seen them both. Exactly. So I guess that's a further thing I should explain is Jenny and I kind of always, we do always try to watch movies that we have not seen before for this show. So turns out it's hard these, actually these two puzzle lovers <laughs> we have seen a lot of uh movies with puzzles and problem solving i know every time i would i would look something up i was like oh yeah i love that movie oh yeah i love that movie <laughs> like also the game a huge oh, we're huge game heads huge fans of the game <laughs> so what we're trying to say is that for the first time ever on our show um I mean, I'm going to speak for myself. I failed at this. Ass- I have failed at the homework. I didn't do my homework. I attempted homework, but I really landed in a different genre, kind of. Yeah. You know, I, I kept... So, I did watch two movies, but neither of them really had... One had, like, a little bit of problem solving. The other one had zero problem solving at all. The other one was actually, like, an investigative journalism movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's another thing, and that's the thing we often encounter when we are doing our homework for the show is that sometimes a movie that we think is going to be under the theme simply is not. Nope. And this one was really tough to Google. It was really Even when difficult. I was like movies like Da Vinci Code, it was just m- mystery. Movies. Right. Right. Or if I kept looking up like lists of puzzle movies and it was like movies that are confusing, like Requiem for a Dream yeah, or like exactly. Fight Club is a puzzle movie because <laughs> yeah. it has a twist. And it's like, that's not what I mean. That's not a puzzle movie. <laughs> Yeah, so um, tonight I'm just going to talk about what I have watched recently. And Jenny, I'd love to hear about the movies that you've watched recently, but also the movies that you tried <laughs> to watch for this theme. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to do that. Can you tell me first about one of the movies that I you tried to watch for this theme? Love to. <laughs> so the movie that I watched last night, which I was like, okay, sick, ace in the hole, this is the one. <laughs> this is going to be 
the one. It's like it's got incredible reviews. It's got a star-studded cast. Um, it's directed by Robert Redford. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's the movie is called Quiz Show. And I was like, of course. I have heard such good things about Quiz Show. Quiz Show's great. You know what it doesn't have any of? Puzzles. Problem solving. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you about it. So Quiz Show is a movie from 1994. And boy, does it look it in a good way. Positive. Yes. Complimentary. Yes. <laughs> um, it is a movie which is based on true events, which I didn't realize until I looked up a Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> it does that thing at the end of the movie that many movies based on true mm -hmm. events do where it says so-and-so went on to blah 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 and I was like wait what <laughs> how did he go on to do anything I thought he was I, fictional <laughs> I love when movies are completely fictional and they still do that it's so funny <laughs> um but so this is a movie about a true thing that happened in the late 50s in the United States where uh on NBC there was a trivia show called 21 and they never really go into the rules of this game. So it, that was the thing. That's my one <laughs> critique of the film is that I was like, can somebody tell me how the game works? Because I've never seen it because <laughs> I was not alive in the 50s. Yeah, please help. <laughs> please help. I don't understand it. Um, but so uh, it's a show that is basically um, two contestants come on and they're both in separate sound booths with headphones on. And through the headphones, they are they can hear the host ask them trivia questions so like the whole gimmick from what i understand is that they can't hear each other so they don't know what the other person's score is mm -hmm. they're they feel like they're only playing against themselves um because it's partially like a gambling game too you have to it's the first person to get to 21 points that sounds fun it is i mean it looks really fun unfortunately I, there's only two seasons of it because a massive scandal <gasps> oh erupted <boy>. i'm excited <laughs> during the last season of quiz show where uh, a it was revealed, and this is revealed in the movie pretty early on, that the producers of the show were rigging the game, basically by having um, one contestant, you know, get pretty far, and then intention like by giving him the answers, and then intentionally dive so that there's drama when the next person wins, basically, uh. like basically doing manufactured drama, like you know, like we see on a lot of reality shows now. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is also why, like, it feels very quaint, actually. Yeah, for the time, a big scandal. <laughs> it's really but... charming because it is like it's a huge scandal in the world of the movie, and it absolutely was in the reality. Of the of 1958, but um, for here for here for me today, I was like, oh, okay. That's just hey, that's just good TV. That's just good TV. But so let me tell you a little bit about Quiz Show. It was I will say I I know I'm, I'm coming down hard on it, <laughs> but it was a genuinely great movie. I really enjoyed it. So like I said, it's directed by Robert Red, Robert Redford. It has a star-studded cast of like the kind of people that are you know. It, it, like the that guys you know what I mean like a lot of character actors but ones that we know and love very well so it stars Ray Fiennes mm -hmm. uh who plays the incredibly handsome and charismatic and like wealthy he's not really wealthy but he has like um he comes from like a literary family and he's the person who comes and like usurps the the old winner to, mm -hmm. and that's like what kind of causes this stir is that he becomes very very popular and the guy who um, he beats in the first tournament, ends up getting really upset. And the guy who he beats is played by John Turturro. <laughs> uh, so it's, I'm sorry, I haven't really thought about how I was going to talk about this movie at all, which is why I'm kind of jumping all over the place. No, you're great. Spoil, uh, spoil it away. I'm spoiler I'm, alert. I mean, it happened in real life. So, <laughs> yeah. But also, you also kind it's of. it's a movie from 1994. 1994. So. But yeah, yeah. 1994. Yeah, it's, so. it's really. It's also the kind of it's exactly the kind of movie where it's like it's about how it happens, not what happens, because it, you know from the beginning that like regardless of whether or not you know the history of it, like you, I mean, you know that an investigation is coming. Yes. Um, but so it's really, I mean, it's a very simple movie. Really, ultimately, it's really about like the relationship between Ray Fiennes' character, whose name is Charles Van Doren, um, and hit and the lawyer who like hears about this little um like a little lawsuit that John Turturro files against the quiz show which is called 21 uh and is like I want to come and kind of dig into that and see what happened there because John Turturro attempts to 
sue the network, but it's unsuccessful mm-hmm. um, because no one else will testify. He's the only one who's like, I w- was given the answers and then I intentionally um, lost my round because they told me that I would get a career on TV, which the producers were lying to him. <laughs> of course. Um but yeah, I'm like, I don't even know how to talk about this movie. That's fine. <laughs> but, um, but I just, I genuinely really enjoyed it. There's some other performances in it that um, were really exciting. Uh, Hank Azaria is in it. Martin Scorsese is in it. Dang. As like, um, so the show 21 is sponsored by a pharmaceutical company called Geritol. <laughs> and he's like the pharmaceutical representative who's always like watching the show and like fancy, like fashionable suits being like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, he gives a great performance. It's like a real like scuzzy love to see that guy in front of the camera he's great um i've always heard great things about quiz show yeah quiz show is wonderful yeah like i have a very specific memory of like my ex years ago being like what do you mean you haven't seen quiz show come on man um okay so great segue the one movie this is why i really failed this episode is because the one movie that i did watch that kind of kind of fit the bill not in the exact way we wanted because again what i'm trying to say here is that we picked a theme that it turns out was really hard to figure out what it actually meant (laughs) (laughs) but the one movie that i watched that would kind of fit it i didn't finish because i got wheelie sweepy yeah um was uh also starring robert redford yes Uh, it was the 1992 movie sneakers oh which of course, I'd never seen, but another one that people love. Um, and Jenny, this movie has everything that <laughs> every good red-blooded American loves. <laughs> I don't know anything about sneakers. Will you tell um, me? Yeah. So I don't know a lot because I didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> but Robert Redford plays a hacker. <laughs> Just Hard to believe. <laughs> let that sink in. Uh, a hacker named Martin um, who... The movie opens in 1969, and it's him when he's younger and his friend, and they're hacking the system and, like, giving a bunch of, like, uh, what do they, they get, they make the Republican Party give a big donation to the Black Panthers and, like, give a bunch of Richard Nixon's mm. money to, like, um, you know, uh, like a group that's trying to get marijuana legalized Sick. like they're <laughs> yeah they're cool they're cool <laughs> they're the good guys yeah uh the hackers that i wish to see in the world now yeah for real uh, don't take my money take somebody's <laughs> who's rich yeah. um but so uh unfortunately they're caught like his buddy is like hey i'm hungry like go out for go grab us some pizza and while he's out grabbing pizza the cops come and arrest his friend And ever since then, uh, Martin has been in hiding and he's changed his name. Now, as an adult, he is paid by big banks and corporations to like he has to with his fun team, which I'll get into. He (laughs) robs them and then tells them where their weaknesses are, which is such a cool. (laughs) That's so fun. My dude, his team is so we got Robert Redford, mm-hmm. we got Sidney Poitier, yes, we have Dan Aykroyd, oh <laughs> we have David Strathern, and we have River Phoenix. Oh my god, incredible! Yeah, incredible ensemble cast. Yeah, it's like it's unreal. Um, that rules. Also, who else? There's somebody I'm missing because there's like a there's a he, he's got a he's got a lady and she's a big actress too. But anyways, it's like he. Martin is then approached by some men who claim to be with the NSA who say that there's this mathematician who has developed this piece of uh, very dangerous technology Mm -hmm. that we need for the security of the U.S. And they're going to pay Marty and his team a bunch of money to retrieve it. Um, And... Oh, Mary McDonnell. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's his like, his like ex-girlfriend who's also in the team sometimes. Very exciting. Um, but so he steals this device, which is disguised as um, a, an answering machine. And like a lot of hacker movies, their description of what the tech is is incredibly vague. Yeah. 
intentionally for me a regular audience yep. member but it's also just very funny yeah, especially totally. from 1992 where they're like this box and it has a microchip <laughs> in it and when I touch it with this it gives me all the codes to access like any air traffic control yes. in the world any government files like it's basically like a, a key to any information totally. magic How? technical box I don't know <laughs> irrelevant who cares so <laughs> it turns out magic. the guys who hired Robert Redford uh, to go get it are not the NSA at all. They're some Russian gangsters, maybe. Um, and that's where I left off. They, <laughs> they steal the box back from him. They kill somebody who is trying to help him. It has a very, like, Sneakers has a very kind of light family movie vibe mm -hmm. to begin with, fun. especially with this fun crew. Yeah, totally. And then right where I left off, it, like, gets kind of serious, Hold you up. know? Yeah. This, like, yeah, this, it, it takes place, you know, just post Cold War. Mm -hmm. And one of Marty's acquaintances is uh, this, like, Russian politician who tries to help him out. And then some guys who are disguised as FBI agents uh, capture Robert Redford and kill the Russian guy. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Uh, exciting. So very excited to finish Sneakers. <laughs> and there was some puzzling in it. Nice. Um, Tight. Trying to figure out how to use this box. Like... The whole, you know, I mean, it's hackers. Yeah. They're figuring out puzzles. So They're fun. making puzzles. Yeah, totally. Um, because it's a movie about tech and it's from 1992, there's a lot of very also charming aged things where when he's breaking into this mathematician's office to get this box, uh, he shows up to the building ready to pick the lock but uh-oh it's a keypad lock oh my god and all of his buddies who are like listening and or watching mm -hmm. on the, his button camera and listening in the earpiece are like those things are impossible to crack <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's so cute yeah, exactly. yeah. um but yeah, well, sneakers. That rules. I gotta watch sneakers. That I sounds know, so I have fun. to finish sneakers. I'm such a dope. No, <laughs> it's hard, man. It's a really hard time. There's a lot of things to watch. We're all really, really busy. I it's know. Famously one of the busiest times of the year for basically all people on the earth. I know, exactly. So I'm as you know, and as you relate to, I'm really craving the new Godzilla movie. Yes, dude. And I still haven't watched the um I forget the production company. I haven't watched Shin Godzilla, mm -hmm. the previous one. Um, They're not, it's not like a sequel, though. It's not to be clear to our listeners. But I, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to watch all of them, and I haven't watched either. But I've been trying to scratch the itch by watching. Um, there's an Apple TV show that's a, takes place in the same realm as the. Uh, newer American Godzilla movies, hmm. the MonsterVerse oh, ones that have made like all the like. I didn't know that they had kept going. Yeah, I mean, what I've learned is that you know the Godzilla with Brian Cranston mm -hmm. and then the Kong Skull Island, mm -hmm. all of that stuff is part of the same oh, universe. I didn't realize Kong Skull Island was also. Yeah, in this, wow, that's it's funny. called the MonsterVerse, and this is. <laughs> Wake up, Jenny. It's called the monster yeah, verse, get with you it, idiot. Dude. So the Shin Godzilla and Godzilla Minus One are both Japanese productions mm -hmm. by Toho Pictures. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, and first of all, so cool that a uh, foreign language film blockbuster is like in all the theaters right now it's here. I love that. So thrilling. I'm so excited to see it. Um, but... So I started watching this Apple TV show, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, uh, which is part of this. And it has Kurt Russell and his son in it. Oh, my God. And it's <laughs> fun. so, so bad. <laughs> but I'm so hungry for Godzilla yes, content dude. right now. Ugh. But yes. it sucks. That's too bad. It has what could be a cute kind of, again, like family adventure. Because mm -hmm. there's some young people involved. Yeah, totally. And it has a little bit of that, like... We were just innocent kids, and now we're running from secret government agencies. Oh, that's so fun. I know, but it's, everyone's annoying in it. So it's it's so terrible. frustrating. I also um, I do want to just shout out Shin Godzilla, which I watched for the first time this year on Valentine's Day, and it's so good if you're into um, monster movies at all or just um, bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's an incredible movie with amazing practical effects that made me um, gasp aloud and yeah. clap because it's just 
so fun. I love, and I, listen, I'm a Godzilla novice, all right? So, but from what I understand of Godzilla, and I haven't seen any of the originals, Mm -hmm. Toho Pictures actually might be the production company behind all of the originals, Mm. maybe. Um, But, uh, no, probably not. Okay. I think it's just a Japanese production company. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I like the complexity of Godzilla. I like that he's to be feared, but he also feeds off of nuclear energy. I mean, it's such a great... Balancing the world. Right. It's such a great um, and useful metaphor to talk about, like, um, nuclear disaster and nuclear weapons. Like, I just... I think it's it makes it so literal, but in a really interesting way. And it's also... I I mean, it obviously depends on who's making the movie and what their message is, but I just feel like it can be... I don't know. It can be used so many different ways and it can be so interesting. Like I also, as longtime listeners will know, Pacific Rim is one of my favorite movies, which is not a Godzilla movie, but is a kaiju movie and has like also very like a very similarly um, like rich story for metaphor Mm -hmm. and for analogy for like the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And I just love to see a big guy come out of the ocean yeah um and i won't apologize for it no i would never never (laughs) apologize for it i won't either i love i love to live in a world without real kaiju but with stories about kaiju yes um we're so lucky absolutely fascinating like creative response to nuclear disaster and tragedy forced upon a nation um yeah i love it it's great. I love it. Yeah. When I was a really little kid, I caught a little bit of one of the Godzilla movies on TV, the original mm-hmm. ones, and it ends with Godzilla. I just remember I was must mm-hmm. have been so young, so I have this very hazy memory of the end of the movie and Godzilla is just loping off into the ocean, like through the water and feeling very like sad and yeah. sweet. <laughs> like, I feel like often Godzilla comes out to yeah, at, like you said to bring balance to the world mm-hmm. and then returns back from whence he came. Yeah. And it's always so fun. And yeah, I do. I mean, I I have seen a bunch of the old ones, but a lot of it was through like Mystery Science Theater and like just watching old movies when I was a little kid. Um, but it's just they're just so fun and I'm really excited to see the new one. People really like it, Godzilla minus one. And I just there's something really thrilling about being able to see a big monster movie in the theaters. <laughs> no, it looks so good too. <sighs> the trailer makes it look so good. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, all right, Jenny, do you wanna tell me about the other movie you watched for a theme or do you wanna just tell me about something that you watched recently that you were into or not? Um, I will talk about? I'll tell you really quickly about the other movie that I watched just because I think it's like a pretty fun movie. Um, I watched Game Night from a couple years ago. Oh, Game Night is fun. It's really fun. That's I, a good one. It's one of those ones that I feel like I remember like a couple months after it came out, there was like a bunch of whispers of like, Game Night's actually really good. I yeah. I don't know if anybody knows this. And like I kept hearing that and was like, oh yeah, one of these days I'll get around to it. And then when we were talking about this, I was like, oh, maybe this is the opportunity. And there is, there's only a little bit of puzzle solving in it, but there is like they... That's so, a good one. It's really fun. I instantly recommended it to my mom because I was like, oh, you would love it. Like, it's such a fun, like, it's a great, like, family movie. Great that's family like, movie. But not, you know, totally toothless. It's still really, like, fun and interesting. Um, so Game Night is a movie about, it's kind of a, like, rom-com, but it's also an action movie mm-hmm. um, starring Jason Bateman and um, Rachel McAdams. And the two of them fall in love over their uh, mutual love of board games and being like really annoyingly good at them. And like, you know, they're really competitive and they love winning. Yeah, they (laughs) simply love to win. And so uh, they host a game night at their house. And one night, Jason Bateman's brother comes back into town who he has like a contentious, you know, competitive relationship with. Classic brother. Classic brother. And like comes and in order to like show him, which he's played by, um, oh my God. The coach. Oh my god, what is oh, his coach name? Taylor? Coach Taylor. <laughs> I can't okay. remember the actor's name is. Co- you know, Coach Taylor from I Friday Night Lights. Um, uh, I, I can find out what his name is. I, I don't have to I be lazy. To say was Ron Livingston? <laughs> oh no, it's Kyle Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, the same eyebrow. Energy. They do. They really do. Um, but so. Uh, Kyle Chandler, Coach Taylor, comes to town and immediately tries to one-up his brother, Jason Bateman, whose character is named Max, 
um, by hosting his own game night where he invites everyone over to this massive fancy house that he's renting and says, okay, we're going to do a like real life game where one of us is going to get kidnapped and then the rest of us have to solve puzzles to figure out who it is and what's really happening. Um, so it's a similar he pays for a similar game as the game as the game sim- very similar to the game or like an escape room but it's in your house mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like a murder mystery party kind of yeah. ultimately and so uh a, a guy sh- oh, oh my god it's jeffrey wright jeffrey wright shows up <laughs> <laughs> which is such a funny like what are you doing in this movie um and uh starts to do his little like acting of you know as a as a secret invest an fbi agent or something just to get the game going and then all of a sudden two other men break in wearing ski masks and beat him up and then you know beat up (laughs) coach taylor and then uh take him and run away basically it's so funny (laughs) it's so funny and so there from there the movie you know all of the characters believe that it's truly a game but we, the viewer, realize pretty quickly that it's no longer a game and there's something genuinely shady going on. Uh, and then it's like a madcap adventure of um, problem solving, but also like really fun action scenes and like really funny jokes. It's really, yeah. So I watched that movie with my brother who loves it. And uh, my brother it uses like Apple TV and he buys a lot of movies. He has like a whole library of movies mm-hmm. that he's bought on iTunes. Oh my God. <laughs> and game night is one of them. Cause they watch it like as a family a lot. So I watched it with my brother and yeah, was surprised. Cause I'm not a Jason Bateman fan. Yeah. I actually do not like his face. Um, <laughs> I hate like I remember watching it with my brother and my brother being like oh his smile was so funny oh and I'm just like oh I hate that <laughs> cheeky smile a cheeky smile um but yeah it's that's it's a good really one. fun there's also um a supporting role played by Jesse Plemons and <sighs> it's he's very funny he's so, <laughs> he's so good. good at being funny it's so it's such a great like i Jesse put it Plemons, on, i like, love Jesse what a gift. what a gift we he can do drama present. he can do romance he can do comedy we're so lucky we got you <laughs> thank know, you jesse like, what a splash when he came on in breaking bad yeah. as a truly like an immediately hateable character yeah. not a complicated no. character um and then just from there, you know, just God, he is he's one of those actors who like the what is it? The Roger Ebert quote about Harry Dean Stanton, where it's like any movie he's in is made better by his presence. It's true. It's like the same as with Jesse Plemons, where like I watched some pretty bad movies that he's in. But I'm like, it wasn't that bad because Jesse was here and he did a great job. Yeah, he always has a great job. <laughs> yeah. He's so precious. He's so precious. He's I great. I wish nothing but the best for him and his beautiful wife, Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Oh, also, a, yeah. also big Kirsten Dunst heads. Yeah. God. And you, you haven't seen the Fargo TV show, right? I've watched the first season, which neither of them are in. The second season is, I'm pretty, I assume is where they met. Because yeah. Because they play a couple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I'm pretty sure that is where they met. Yeah. yeah. And fell in love. Yeah. I love when people fall in love while they're filming a movie. I know. It always makes me so happy. Oh, like, oh, the business. <laughs> Um, yeah, that movie is, it's a great choice for the theme. Yeah. And that's again why, like, I feel like if we try to attack this theme again, we need to go more specific because, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. again, it came up because our friend was thinking about MacGyver yeah. and that's, that's what I want. I wanted, yeah. I wanted the puzzles part of it. I wanted things like game night or mm-hmm. like Da Vinci code where it's, we're figuring out a mystery, right. but maybe there's also an object that's kind of yeah, a puzzle. Totally. And then there's things like escape room and whatnot. And that's all kind of puzzles. Yeah. But the problem solving aspect, I did. I wanted that MacGyver creative yeah. problem. Yeah. Solving. I love like lateral thinking to solve a problem is always like so excited. Like actually, you know, what would be I just occurred to me a great version of that is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like yeah. I love like, so much of that movie is about her, like, figuring, the main character, like, figuring out how to, like, piece different things together to, like, you know, figure out uh, her a, a good ending for her. Yeah, I don't well, want to talk too much you know, about it, but. Another, <laughs> another, what turns out to be a great movie for that, for the problem solving aspect is Castaway. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I actually just rewatched it recently. Yeah. So, but for those of you who haven't seen Do you think anybody Castaway, hasn't seen Castaway? <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's radio, so That's I true. have to tell Anyone, them. I know you have to. see me enthusiastically. My eyes light up when I, mean, I say Castaway. Give me the pleasure of describing Castaway, Castaway a movie that rules. <laughs> is about Tom Hanks, who plays a man who works for FedEx, and he um, is on his way home from the big holiday rush of FedEx, and he th- is on a a plane that crashes and he is the only survivor there's only a few people on the plane he's the only survivor and it's just him on a very very small unknown island and he's there for i forget how long maybe at least three years yeah um and he has to figure out first of all how to survive but then later on how to get off the island so it's all problem solving so i love that stuff almost all of the runtime of that movie is just problem yeah totally him figuring out how to use different things and so like the bulk of the entertainment in that movie comes from just that you're so right you know sneakers was was sort of it but it was just like a couple like small yeah yeah, right it's not like the main drive of the plot isn't like i have to figure something i have to figure out a way to survive by like using a limited set of tools and resources yeah Oh, so fun. I, I mean, should have been punching into Google movies like Castaway. Yeah. But then, of course, it would have They would have just given you more Tom Hanks movies. Or been like the Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, yeah, I totally. Know, I, I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is like, oh, I mean, it, we've done, um, in the past, one of our themes was winter survival. So this feels like similar to that where it is, you know, there's like a, it, a survival movie definitely has problem solving involved, like inherently. But there are... Yeah, I don't know. It's but fascinating. But a lot of the times it's just like, how are we going to hike down this mountain? Right, totally. It's not enough problem no, solving. No, it's not enough problem solving. I want to see like, I want, I, I love when movies like set you up to be like, here are all of the tools that you're going to be using later. Mm-hmm. Here's an object that you're going to remember so that in an hour when the main character like stitches it to another thing, it's you're, so it's, oh, it's so satisfying. The payoff. It's so good. Um. So if you're out there listening, we do have an Instagram, <laughs> by the way, if you do as well, please give us a follow. We're at Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. And you can tell us movies that you think might fit this theme really well. Yes. Yeah. We'll please probably help. try to come back to it in yeah. some form. Um, so if you want to help us out or just say anything that you hated our show, that you thought our mm. show could be better, Rude. could be worse. Um, that you love us your show could be worse <laughs> it could be worse it's all right yeah. um please please give us a listen and a follow tell people about us yeah um i just want to interject with that because i think we could use your help yeah but please please help if you have like a great idea for this kind of movie we obviously both really love them yeah. so we would love to hear your suggestions yeah or suggestions for future themes any of that stuff yeah works um so so sorry i can just tell you about movies that i watched yeah. recently i watched two very new movies direct to streaming movies as you reminded me i watched what i found to be the forgettable new david fincher movie <laughs> the killer <laughs> the killer uh starring michael fassbender mm-hmm. i almost said david fassbender <laughs> uh, did you watch it i still haven't watched it all i know right. i gotta i gotta get in there so i don't want to spoil it yeah too much you can talk about it a little bit yeah That's all right. right so the killer is the new david fincher movie david fincher who's made famous by the game and and memento and fight club fight, fight club it's kind of a big one and seven seven gone girl <laughs> gone girl he's had a lot of bangers panic room yep uh the curious case of benjamin button Mm. Um, let's 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 not bring that one. Lest up. we forget. I don't know. Um, I bet he wishes we would forget. Um, so David Fincher usually just is a he's a real hit maker. Yeah. Um, but so he's had a more recent deal with Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. So his last three movies have all been on Netflix. Exactly. Or two? Yeah. And I don't think I've seen the other. You didn't one. see Mank. I didn't see <laughs> Neither Mike. did I. I also didn't see Mike. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen his more recent ones, but um, I find that Netflix movies tend to lack they're a certain not, something. They're not good. They're not very good. And so a lot of people did really love The Killer. I think that everyone should watch it. First of all, it is just entertaining, mm-hmm. but also, you know, join the conversation, as I like to say. Yeah. Give it a watch. But it stars Michael Fassbender as a an assassin. I don't think we ever get his name. He's the killer. He's the killer. <laughs> the titular killer. 
Um, and the opening scene is kind of akin to the the excellent, you know, opening routine scene of American Psycho. Mm. Like it's just Fassbender's narration over you watching him as the assassin um do his kind of routine mm-hmm. to he's he's hiding out in an abandoned uh we work building <laughs> <laughs> across from the building where his target lives um and you know he's he is very humorless and just does his very rigorous like exercise at this time his alarm goes off every so often like he never gets a full night of sleep because he wakes up to Mm -hmm. see if his target's there he continues to observe his target so it's kind of a fun opening scene and it takes a while um and can i just spoil one thing yeah please do so the kind of fun thing about this whole opening scene my favorite part of the movie i i will say is just the opening scene and then it ends with starts to finally culminate into his his target mm-hmm. does arrive in the window across the street. He readies himself. He gets his gun out. And after all this kind of um, haughty talk yeah. about what an assassin he is, he biffs it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the rules. <laughs> which, I, which I love. Yeah, that was totally. Um, I didn't totally love this movie. I thought it was a little chintzy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he listens to... Uh, the smiths mm-hmm. all the time <laughs> yeah it's like like he has his little ipod yeah i mean it sounds it sounds like he's a little bit of a joke yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i guess i could have thought it leaned into it more as as you know more of a joke but um yeah it becomes a you know a hired assassin who we find out does have one thing he loves that is compromised and then it's a revenge mm. story which seems really fun, but I just thought it was a little too cute. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a you little too cute. You don't like a cute flick. <sighs> no, especially when it set itself up to be. I mean, I think you can have a little humor, a little levity, a little bit a little bit of that without it being kind of too cute, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I got to give it a watch. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, there was just a lot of, and also um, just kind of some missing information Mm. to convince me as the audience member, like, why he cares so Mm -hmm. much about this thing. Word. Um, And you don't have to overdo it with the info, but because you're giving me an assassin that seemingly has no... um, personality (laughs) (laughs) he is merely the killer Um, he has nothing else yeah so i don't know yeah just uh Hmm, i will be thinking about that when i watch yeah fascinating i do think that like i um we were talking about this at work a couple weeks ago too i do i really like david fincher like i don't love all of his movies obviously some of them are weird um but i do think that he excels at like a tight little thriller and like those are the ones that are the most fun like gone girl so fun i love panic room like so i mean seven is great <laughs> it's like very much his when he's doing that kind of like dark weird um like pulpy movie i feel like is kind of yeah. his his wheelhouse and when he strays from it it's usually a little bit less i don't know i, I feel like it doesn't hit quite as hard yeah and this feels definitely kind of um post john wick would say mm. where there's like um other assassins yeah, in this totally. kind of world of assassins and i do love that mm-hmm. i love that and you know much like john wick kind of climbing up the mm-hmm. ladder killing yeah totally up the ladder to to get to know. the to the big guy the big um, boss and that's a lot of fun i think it was the tiny details that were added mm-hmm. in that i thought were a little silly like the like listening to nothing but the smith mm-hmm. and some people loved that about the yeah. movie and I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. I mean, I will say there are a lot of John Wick knockoffs <laughs> these days that really just like don't have the magic. You know, they don't have it's that true. magic touch. It is true. There is a lot of um, like people say like post saw mm-hmm. for horror or whatever. Yeah. There's there's we are living in a post John Wick. Wick. Yeah, 100 um, percent. There's a lot of there's a lot of them are not very good. No. They don't have the special sauce. Yeah. Which is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I am really curious. Yeah. To hear what you think yeah i mean i'm excited to watch it i mean that's actually a great example of what i'm kind of talking about where i think you can have this kind of gritty action Mm -hmm. with levity and humor like even 
the the other movie from the John Wick guy, Nobody. Oh yeah, totally. Which is so good. It's really fun. I think. Yeah, I love that movie, and it has it's full of jokes. Yeah, the whole totally. Thing is a joke. Yeah. Um, well, it's, John Wick is so like Looney Tunes. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of physical comedy, <laughs> yeah. which really like hits. Yeah, and it's I, I. But you have to be so like intentional with those choices that I think um and comedy is so hard like I think mm-hmm. it's there's so many comedies that are just not funny at all mm-hmm. and I mean everyone has different senses of humor anyway mm-hmm. but yeah it's just a it's fascinating to watch people try to thread this needle over and over again and it's like sometimes you do it sometimes you really miss yeah there's <laughs> like a a quirk in yeah it that's that I'm like a little mm-hmm. too whimsical maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe it's just the listening to one band over and over again. Yeah. And I get it. Listen, hey, I'm a guy that listens to the same song over and over again. But you listening to the Smiths all the time, dude? Is everything I mean, okay? So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess maybe that's the detail that's supposed to show me that he has emotion. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Who could say? Um, um, but yeah, I'm excited to watch it, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll meet back here in two weeks' time. Oh, good. <laughs> Jenny, did you watch anything kind of new? Um, I did actually. I watched the other new Netflix movie that just came out um, called Leave the World Behind. I also watched it. Yeah, Let's I had talk a about feeling it, that you did. Um, so I read the book actually. Oh, and perfect. So I was hoping that you did. Great, <laughs> great news. Rubbing my hands <laughs> great together. News. We're both rubbing our hands together on the airwaves. Ooh boy, here we go. Again, if you've never listened to our show before, Jenny and I will also sometimes try to watch one movie. But like we both watch the same movie. We're so, so we lucky, can dude. Talk it, talk about it together. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leave the world behind. Yeah. Is executive a- produced by the Obamas. Is it really? Hello, L. That's bro. You didn't know. You didn't know. My God. I'm about to like reduce my rating on Letterboxd real quick. Um. Okay. Well. That explains so many things because there's some scenes in this movie that I was like, what are we doing? Um, so I actually, what I'll often do on this show is is pull up the uh, the, the initial the, Google mm-hmm. for the movie that I'm going to watch just in case I need to quickly look at actors' names or whatever. Yeah. And when you pull up uh, Leave the World Behind, you know how Google compiles recent articles mm-hmm. about stuff. There's... One from Newsweek from a day ago that the headline is Obama faces backlash for films warning about white people. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's insane because it's okay. So Leave the World Behind is directed by the guy who made Mr. Robot, Mm -hmm. which like I have mixed feelings about. I do, too. It feels on par for this movie. It does. Okay, so his name is Sam Esmail. Yeah. Um, it's based on a novel. Um, I gotta look up the guy's name because it's important. That I really like. I read it during lockdown. I think. Um, I know I had it pulled up. Oh, as well. by Ruman Alam. Ruman Alam, um, and of the same name, also called Leave the World Behind. Um, it's a really short novel. Like I want to say, it's like maybe two hundred pages. It's really quick in and out. Um, and this movie is not quick. It is long. <laughs> That's it my is, main critique of it. It is long. <laughs> um, well, all right. Before I say anything I felt about it, let's continue with the yeah, plot. you're right. So um, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts. Hey, Julia. Nice she's to back. see you. Um, which I guess she's been a cup in a couple other of Sam Esmail's projects, oh. but I've only seen Mr. Robot. Yeah, same. Um, and not all of it. So, which, by the also way, same. listeners, <laughs> Mr. Robot was a TV show also about hackers trying to change the world. And it was fun in some ways. Okay, ultimately. So, um, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts play Amanda and Clay Sanford, who decide to get out of the city for the weekend and rent an Airbnb on Long Island and take their two kids and just get the heck out of there. Uh, Julia Roberts looks out the window of their brooklyn apartment and says i hate people um which (laughs) is kind of a recurring turns out to be kind of the thesis of the movie (laughs) um so they go to this lovely airbnb and that night um a father and daughter played by mahershala ali and mahila i'm not sure how to pronounce her name she goes by one name um she's an actress who's also in bodies 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 Mm -hmm. um they're a father and daughter named G.H. and Ruth Scott. 
And they show up at the door and say, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. We were on our way back from um, an event in New York City, and there is a blackout in the city. It freaked us out. And we actually, this is our house. You're renting from us. Can we stay? Uh, Amanda is very racist toward Mm -hmm. them. Um, Clay is kind of like goofy, nice husband. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, they have a little quarrel over it, but ultimately they're Clay is like, yes, of course, come stay. This is your house. (laughs) Yeah, this is your house. Though they do make them stay in the guest room downstairs. But um, so it turns out that there is a little bit more than a blackout happening. It starts slowly with just the TV's not working. Nobody's phones or Internet is working. um, And it seems that GH might know a little bit more than he's letting on about what is happening Mm -hmm. The, uh, I think we should leave probably what's actually going on a mystery because I found the first like hour of this movie to be the most pleasurable before you kind of know what's going on. And I did read the book, so I had like an idea, but it's still the I feel like the beginning of this movie is pretty effective. Um, like a yeah. very early scene is so this family, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke and their two children um, go to the beach for the day. And while they're at the beach. Uh, the daughter sees a big oil tanker ship. Yeah, a big uh, ocean liner. Facing towards the beach. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And then after a couple hours go by, they notice it getting closer and closer. And uh, everyone on the beach suddenly starts running because it turns out it's not going to stop. It's going to run aground and <laughs> nearly hit them all. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so great, great call. We're going to stop telling you I think just because it came it. out like a week ago otherwise oh, yeah. no it's fresh yeah. and new and um a lot of the thrills are what made that like two hours and 20 minutes God, go by so fast for long. me <laughs> I found it really entertaining mm-hmm. like not necessarily a great movie yeah. like I I, yeah, I also but I be, yeah I was very entertained so I thought that that two plus hours went by pretty fast yeah. for me to be clear I also found it really entertaining I did I really liked most of this movie like I did I I you know I, I found it to be I found some things about it frustrating but in general I did actually really like it um and I found it to be really entertaining but it just felt like um I don't know there were a lot of scenes that felt like they really dragged for kind of no reason and mm. there's one particular scene that I was like why why is this here which is um after the two families have been like staying together for a day or so um Mahershala Ali's character GH oh, yeah. and Julia Roberts's character Amanda go like into like the den or whatever and like listen to a record together and dance and it's like we're overcoming racism <laughs> by dancing together it's so yeah <laughs> it's like so like the color of friendship energy yeah like. there's a really like that that whole section also has and then meanwhile the husband Clay Ethan Hawke and the the daughter who's um kind of like recent post-college yeah she's like like, probably like 22 or something yeah 22 or 23 they're smoking weed together and he he's a college professor Mm -hmm. like cool guy you know he's wearing a bikini yeah (laughs) uh like a super feminist man um (laughs) and they're like yucking it up and having a good time and so in some ways both simultaneous scenes are very like will they won't they and i'm like what are we doing it's so um, I guess like s- unnecessary and also unrealistic. That's my main critique of the movie, other than that I think it needed a little bit of editing, is that um the novel is like very explicitly about um like race and the racial politics of like these two families interacting with each other. Like the outside world part of it is much smaller actually. Like there's definitely all of the weird things that happen in this movie also happen in the book, but like it's way more about the interpersonal stuff and this movie felt very like like ultimately the thing with Amanda's character Julia Roberts is that she's like they kind of write off her racism as like she just doesn't like anybody like it's very much because she does that thing at the beginning where she's like I hate people it's like oh she's actually just a misanthrope yeah and has like nothing to do with their race at all like that's why I'm like oh lmao that this is like an Obama (laughs) produced movie and it's like they have her very toothless they have her like (laughs) learn in a day 
and i'm like yeah what okay people th- can change but th- like she it, it takes like somebody saying one thing for her to be like damn yeah well, i was really racist i feel like it's implied that she's not even actually racist i feel like it's implied that she just doesn't trust any people at all like i don't think that she like, has the like l- quote-unquote learning moment you know yeah. what i mean like because they never really explicitly do that which i think is like fine but there is this weird undercurrent where they're just like she just doesn't like anyone which uh, yeah like it's like this movie and again i haven't read the book but it's the movie bit off more than it could chew in that regard where i i liked the aspect of her being racist because it felt realistic yeah totally she was very realistically white liberal woman racist right um and because of this outside world emergency happening and this black family coming to stay that felt very real yeah a very easily encountered situation but yeah and then the realism of it totally crumbled right. with it's- their developing relationship <laughs> and her learning or whatever right it's, it just feels like very anodyne when like the book is very cutting and like very um i don't know it, like it's more subtle because it's a novel and like you're not hearing anybody's thoughts but there is something much more critical going on and like a little i don't know i just found i was like what or what <laughs> like a, yeah. Yeah. it just really surprised me that it had um that it was so very toothless and i feel like it it could have gotten away with it in the movie if they just kept her being realistically racist white woman and then just continued on like well we're surviving together right. so i don't know i just it's it, yeah just, it it felt it would feel more realistic and yeah. not necessarily nicer nice. pleasing, no no like, totally just more right that's not what I, that's i'm definitely not being like she should have been more racist i just mean no, like there's no, something about either, the movie but... that felt very like um like safe and like white li- like white liberal like um cat food where it's like exactly she's good actually she's fine and that's why i feel like (laughs) if they just kept her character the same throughout the whole thing uh her her very abhorrent behavior then it would have been a little more realistic yeah just not yeah but yeah, I just my not but, so uh, green booky. Yeah, yeah, a little green booky. Yeah, yeah. But it was um, I did. I found a lot of the like moments of suspense to be really exciting. I would recommend this movie if you're interested in like a you know a thriller, an interpersonal thriller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about the ending just because. No, you know, we're not going to talk so about fresh. the ending. But yeah, just the interpersonal stuff aside, I found this movie quite entertaining actually um as i mentioned i never finished mr robot but this (laughs) uh this movie did have a lot of what i kind of remember the vibe of mr robot Mm -hmm. being is it in a lot of ways and i'm talking about more the look of it too and the camera work in a lot of ways it was smart and well put together but then he tried to be too cool there's a lot of camera work that mm-hmm. just tries too hard where I'm like, I don't I don't really need the upside down right. like sweeping over the room camera. Like there's just a lot of kind of extra little twirls and whirls where yeah. I'm like, all right, man, like this isn't doing anything and I yeah, I appreciate a swing, but it does always feel like what is the reason for that? Like is there is the camera embodying something? Mm. Are you trying to like what are you trying to say with that? Why is why is it twirling all around? Yeah, I do. I mean, to me, that stood out as like, oh, I'm glad that he's like doing something interesting here. But it does feel like, yeah, like I said, like, who is this for? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's on Netflix right now. Right now. Right meow. If right you got a, if you are interested. I mean, it's so fun to see Ethan Hawke, Marshall Ali, Julia, mm. Julia. It had a kind of. Um to pair it with a movie from earlier this year uh knock at the cabin yeah it reminded me yeah. you know mm-hmm. um what is different real? different plot of, well actually i'm glad that i <laughs> smart me i'm glad that i brought that up um it, it had some big big m night Shyamalan mm-hmm. energy it really did and i and i mean like intentional because like, he also does a bunch of fun camera whirly twirlies he does but they feel more his style and yeah. also like part of what he's trying to oh, yeah. talk about. And totally. this, this just felt like 
like I think Sam Esmail is smart, but maybe trying to, too hard to be mm-hmm. cool. And I'm like, just be smart. Being smart's cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> the coolest thing there is. Um, but <laughs> stay in school. But there just seemed to be there was like a couple scenes uh, that were framed exactly the way mm-hmm. like a couple scenes of dialogue between just two people that were framed like exactly how M. Night Shyamalan yeah, totally. would frame those kind mm-hmm. of scenes and I just I got a lot of kind of like direct um obviously not an homage but inspir- yeah, inspiration yeah absolutely totally from M. Night we're speaking we're speaking to M. Night yeah I we're think in Sam conversation Esmail, with each other Esmail is really feeling some M. Night yeah fascinating mm. Mm. wow well well wow you have been listening to dim the lights with jenny and amanda here on wgxc 90.7 fm thank you so Acre much for Hudson. being here yeah oh my god it's so great to have you Acre listening Hudson, 